Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. It does, doesn't it? Sometimes we need to be reminded though, right? Sometimes we think it's our battle and, and that we're fighting a losing battle, but that isn't it. The battle belongs to the Lord and He's already won that battle. And, and sometimes when we're in the thick of it, we just have to simply remind ourselves, Father, You have won the battle. Lord of my life, You are victorious. You are the conqueror. So Jesus says, I align myself within Your will. And I submit myself humbly to you, Lord God, I partake in that very victory. Amen to that. Father, thank you so much that, that your plan involves victory. Lord God, your plan involves victory that we walk in. Help us as Christians, as disciples, as, as followers of you to live that victory, to walk that victory, to to express that victory over our hardships, over our sin. Express that victory so others can see how we live and why we live in such a different way. So Father, with our hands lifted high, we glorify you. Lord, you love a church that worships. You love a church that, that connects, that comes together, that has community. So Lord God, we we lift ourselves up to you individually and as a body. Be glorified in this house today. Be glorified in our lives always. Pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus, our King, our Savior, our Master, our Lord. Jesus, it's all about you. Jesus Christ, incarnate Son of the Father who came and lived and died for each one of us. Jesus, we pray this in your name and everyone said, Amen. Awesome. I don't even have to tell you guys, you may be seated. Remember in the old school churches? It was like everybody stood until the pastor said, you can be seated. Man, we just do whatever we want here. <laughs> Pretty much, except that. That's right, pretty much. Doesn't help that your pastor does anything he wants to do either, right? You're supposed to lead by example. Don't even know what that means. Kids, you can be dismissed. We don't have a lot of kids today. There's a lot of out-of-towners. So, we, yeah, we'll just see how that plays out. Right? Amen. I got a couple announcements. I, I almost said quick, but they're going to be pretty quick. Every springish, because we're kind of in springish, um, at the end of our normal Wednesday night stuff, we do a church barbecue. That will be this Wednesday, May 25th at 6 p.m. here at the church. So we'll have burgers and dogs whole lot of fun. It's another time to get to know people, to connect. Even if you haven't participated much in Wednesday night stuff, everybody loves a barbecue. So please join us 
bring a side and a dessert to share. Six o'clock here, it is actually supposed to be like in the 70s, I think, right? So it's not going to be snowing, hopefully. It probably will, but you never know. So come on to that. This is, there's no classes. There's no nothing like that. It's just come on out, connect with people, and have fun. Amen? All right, flip that slide. I don't remember what's next. Oh, Celebrate Recovery. If you guys are involved in any way with Celebrate Recovery or you know anybody that would like to be, um, starting June 2nd, instead of Saturday nights for the summer, it will be shifting to Thursday nights from uh, starting at 6 p.m. So summers get crazy, weekends and all that. So Alvin thought, hey, I think Thursday nights are going to work a whole lot better for that. So that will, that will start June 2nd, Thursday. So don't come to celebrate recovery on Saturday after June 2nd or door will be locked and no one will be here. So Thursday, 6 p.m., spread that around. I have a video next. So let's play. You've seen this video before, most of you, but... says Zoomerang returning to the value of life because the value of life has been marginalized it seems like in the in the past um, decade or so so Zoomerang is coming up you guys know that it's June 13th through the 17th 9 a.m. to noon after church today volunteers anybody volunteering to help we're going to have a meeting to kind of iron some things out kind of talk about what you'll be doing and and We'll have a workshop on how to work on our accent. Some of you guys will never get the accent down, but it's always fun to try. Um, whoever brings 100 people to, to Zoomerang gets an all-expense-paid trip to Australia. I wish. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be awesome. Um, you see, not everything spoken from the pulpit you can totally take. But it's announcements, so I have grace and freedom there. But June 13th through the 17th, continue to pass the flyers out. You just never know. Um, it's basically, it's a, it's a free summer camp. You can, you can say it that way. Um, some people just don't know what VBS is. They have no idea what that stands for. And then if you vacation Bible school, the kids are like, I don't want to go to school. So just a free summer camp with all sorts of fun stuff. But be praying for this. Um, be praying that we can touch our community in an amazing way. Um, and after service, if you are volunteering to help, don't leave because it's really important to be on the same page. All right, finally, there's always a place to serve here at Bridge, no matter what your talent is, or maybe you don't have a talent in a certain area. Sometimes without talent, there's training, right? So we have openings all over the place from 
video, to sound, to Facebook Live, to ushers, to greeters, to all sorts of things. Um, get involved with your church. The more involved with your church, um, besides the Sunday morning worship service and message, um, the more you connect yourself and you ground yourself. So if you have questions on that, holler at me. Um, email hello at bridgehelena.com um, if you want to do something, if you feel led to do something. Um, there's mowing, except I think our mowing teams have filled up. I think it's it's really awesome. And, but there's always other things. We're going to be painting the office building finally. Yay. And it's going to get a new roof. The shingles are actually going to match this building. The orange shingles are going to go away. Yay. So we're going to need people to help paint that and to spruce that up and everything. We're going to look so good. The whole neighborhood's going to be like, wow, you guys look great. Maybe I'll actually try going to church there. Who knows? You never know. Giving. Four ways to give, right? I, four ways, not three. It's now four. Online, bridgehelena.com. You can text at 84321. We got the giving boxes. You can mail it into 725 Granite Avenue, Helena, Montana, 59601. You know my feelings and my um, biblical thoughts on tithing. Things ain't going good in your life financially. Try giving. Give, get light. I'll try giving 20 bucks this weekend, and if nothing happens, then obvious. No, it's a commitment. It's like you don't go to church once and expect to be plugged into that church, right? You make a commitment. So in all these things, in our worship, in our Sunday mornings, in our giving, in our serving, in our prayer, in our getting into the Word, we make a commitment and then we fall into that commitment and then we see God begin to do great things. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and we will get rocking on this message. And guess what? We're still in First John. Yeah, it's like eternal right now. It just keeps going. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you that we can come together, Lord. And those that are out of town today, those that are traveling or will be traveling, Lord God, protect them on the roads, Lord, um, as this coming Next weekend, Memorial Day, Lord God, we just ask protection of people here on these Montana roads. And, and for us in here today or listening online, Lord God, we have expectation, Lord God. We come to you with expectation. Open up our eyes, open up our hearts, and absolutely open up our minds. Today be glorified, Lord. Holy Spirit, let me just speak the things you desire me to speak. And if they're not of you, Shut my mouth on that. And, and Holy Spirit, don't let anybody leave today the same way that they came in. Because, Lord, you're the Lord of, of transformation. You're the Lord of change. Lord God, you grant us that opportunity to run to you. So today, be glorified, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, like I said, we're still in 1 John. We are in chapter 5, and there's only five chapters in 1 John. So we're getting through it, but... Between chapter 4 and chapter 5, there's just a lot of, of really great, great stuff. And today, I'll warn you right now, today I'm going to throw a lot at you. I'm going to toss a lot at you. So please, 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 do not turn your brain off. There's going to be a lot to take in. There's going to be a lot to think about because it's a, it's a multi-pronged approach. It's always multi-pronged. God says, hey, I'm going to speak to your heart always, but he engages our brain 
as well. And that's a glorious thing. And that makes things um, exciting. That makes us uh, have the ability to, it transcends just a class in school, right? That's all up here. And sometimes there's the, the heart thing where it's a very emotional thing. This brings it all together. The Bible always brings that together. The teachings of Jesus, if you remember from the Gospels, he was engaging their heart as much as he was engaging their mind. So today as I throw a lot at you, think about it. Don't shut down, but think about it. Now last week, we're going to just talk a little bit about what happened last week because today goes along with last week. Last week we talked about one of the, the I guess it's the effects of being born of God or, or what we say now would be to be born again. It's the same thing, right? When we commit ourselves to God through Jesus Christ, we are to die to ourselves, right? We all know that, right? Oh yeah, I'm supposed to die to myself. But did you know you're also supposed to die to your agendas? You're supposed to die to your desires? And in lieu of that, we are to replace all of those things that we just died for. We don't leave that a vacuum. We don't just die to them and not become alive to anything. We become alive to Jesus Christ. And as a result of that... We partake and we exist in God's victory. Oh my goodness, I love existing in God's victory. Nobody wants to be on the losing team, right? If you ever played sports or you watch anything on uh, sports-wise on TV, you never feel that good when you lose, right? Or your team loses. But you're all excited when your team wins. Cello, I know that's hard because you're a 49ers fan. But you can get through it. You can get through it. And instead of letting that affect you, claim Christ's victory in your life. I had to get that in. See, that was just for the moment and, and all that. But we partake in God's victory. We become overcomers, right? We sung about that in the song. We become overcomers really to the economy of this world. The economy of this fallen world is... It's disgusting, it's bad, it leads to death. It's, it's just no good. But Christ leads to light. He begins, leads to life. He leads to, to victory. See, this is an amazing principle as, as well as a benefit to serving Christ. Wouldn't you agree? Living in his victory is a benefit to serving God. To be covered by the blood of Jesus means that we associate with everything he has accomplished, especially the cross and the resurrection. All we have to do, this is it, this is it, this is all we have to do, is to live in a continual relationship with Christ, being persistent in our faith. How many of you guys live in a relationship with Christ? I hope most of you. How many of you guys are truly persistent in your faith? That means not a Sunday morning kind of persistent. That means an everyday kind of persistent. Now that all sounds great, but it can be kind of hard, can it? See, we get in our own way. We allow our thinking we allow our selfish desires, our pride, and our sinful nature to distract us from, from those very things that we know are so important. And we do this at the expense of our well-being and our health. 
That's the big thing. God, God wants us to be well. He wants us to be healthy. That's why he, he guides us and he shows us. The Ten Commandments, they're there for a reason. They bring health and wellness into our life. When we ground ourselves upon the rock, we are assured of who we are in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 5 from, from last week. Who is the one who is victorious and overcomer and overcomes the world? It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. See, right here states what is so essential in our faith. Because it comes down to this foundation and this core belief of who Jesus is. Who Jesus Christ actually is. No matter what anyone may try to tell you. Our Christian faith is based upon Jesus as the Son of God. And everything else flows from that belief and that determination. The cross and everything that it accomplished, the resurrection and the victory over death, even the Bible itself is determined upon Jesus being the Son of God. See, the Old Testament is all about looking forward to the Messiah. What's all this about the Old Testament? Why is all this in here? It's all about looking toward the Messiah. And the New Testament is all about the Messiah himself. Flip that side. See, everything falls apart if Jesus is not the Son of God. It all falls apart. Starting in verse 6, 1 John 5 Verse 6, John attests to the faith we can have in Christ as the Son of God. So uh, this is 1 John 5, 6 through 8. Listen, listen to what this says. This is he who came through water and blood, his baptism and death, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. It is the Holy Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. He is the essence and origin of truth itself. For there are three witnesses, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three are in agreement. Their testimony is perfectly consistent. That's a weird passage to throw in where we've been talking about, right? Now all of a sudden we're talking about the water and the blood and the spirit and testimony and they're in agreement and it's perfectly together it's perfectly consistent why is this passage so important well that's simple because it testifies as to who christ is the truth the truth there are several principles we can gain from this passage first principle being this jesus is the one who came through water and blood water here is actually a reference to Jesus' baptism. Blood references his death upon the cross. Jesus here is referring to and pointing back to the historical Jesus of Nazareth, right? This is important. This is an important point that John is saying, no, I'm talking about the guy. I'm talking about the person of Jesus and that person being the son of God. 
Now remember, if you've, if you've been here through this series, you remember that, that the reason John is writing this, this letter, he's writing it because all of those had left some of these churches with bad theology, bad teaching, bad doctrine, and they were still trying to affect the churches and pull more people out. Those who had left these churches may have acknowledged Christ as the Savior, kind of in an abstract way, but they denied his human existence. They denied that Jesus of Nazareth was actually the Christ, the Son of God. Now, how that all worked and why you would want to believe such a thing, that's, that's kind of beyond me. It was the divine Son of God who came into this world. It was the same divine Son of God who was baptized and the Holy Spirit was seen descending upon him like a dove. It was this same divine Son of God who, um, by way of the Father's master plan, allowed, was allowed to fulfill the Father's intention in which his blood was shed at the cross for all humanity. And it was this same divine Son of God that we know to be Jesus of Nazareth. Flip that slide. Did you know that the Father would not be involved in our redemption apart from Christ's true humanity, suffering and dying? That's a bold statement, isn't it? That goes against a lot of bad theology, doesn't it? Oh, well, everybody is, is just God is love and, and, and this and that. And, and God loved us from the beginning and he'll love us forever. So nothing bad will ever happen and everybody will wind up in heaven eventually. No, that's not what the Bible says. Water and blood, therefore, are testaments to the incarnation and the humanity of this person named Jesus, Jesus the Christ. This also establishes the truth that it is this same Jesus that is the only way to the Father. The only way to the Father. John 14, 6 says this, Jesus said to him, I am, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. So no one comes to the Father but through me. Number two, the, thing, the second thing going on here, it is the Holy Spirit who testifies, right? Why does this even matter? Because there are some people who kind of deny the Holy Spirit. They, they, they kind of step away from the Holy Spirit. They're kind of afraid of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit testifying, why does this matter? Because the Holy Spirit is truth. He is the essence of truth. He is the origin of truth itself. So the Holy Spirit is the ultimate witness as to who Jesus is. Now listen to this. Man cannot receive the revelation as to who Christ is upon their own. We lack what it takes to understand and comprehend God's saving act and why, um, why we are desperate for it. See, we cannot reconcile, uh, we can't reconcile it. 
But the Holy Spirit can and does make this available to us. He announces Christ to us. So, so within that regard, is, is arguing somebody to Christ very effective? <laughs> no, because when we're arguing somebody to Christ, usually we're stepping aside from the Holy Spirit, right? We need the Holy Spirit involved. We need to share our testimony. We need to, to have a biblical concept of who Jesus is, but we have to understand that that person's revelation doesn't come from our words by ourselves, but our words that are empowered by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit confirming and connecting with that person. The Holy Spirit testifies to the truth of Jesus. We got to have the Holy Spirit involved. When we are speaking of Jesus, we need to invite the Holy Spirit to be involved. That doesn't mean if I'm talking to somebody who knows nothing, we say, hey, can I pray so that the Holy Spirit be involved? And then that person's like, I don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. We can, we can quietly pray to ourselves, Holy Spirit, I need you here. Without you here, nothing's going to happen. I've got to have you. I've got to have your words because your words are the words of truth. Your words are the words of power. And Holy Spirit, I ask that their heart be opened by you. See, it's important that the Holy Spirit is involved. And then that brings us to the, the third point. There are three witnesses. Why is this significant? Now remember when Jesus had died on the cross. And remember when, when the storm is there and, and all the, the every chaos is seemingly seemingly happen and he and, and he says you know it is done father receive me and and he breathes his last and and the, this the romans are like man we got to get out of here it's stormy let's uh let's break the legs of everybody so they'll die quicker and they break the legs of the thieves right and oh they are going to die a lot quicker and then they come to jesus and they're like but he's already dead and and one of them says we'll make sure so they grab the spear and they pierce his side and blood and water flowed. Look at John 19, 34 and 35. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came flowing out. And, and he, and he, John, John here at the foot of the cross, the eyewitness who had seen it has testified and his testimony is true. And we know, and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you also who read this may believe. See, that event testified to the truth of who Jesus is and what he had accomplished. And of course, the third witness here is the Holy Spirit, who now continually, always, eternally testifies to who Christ is, through the inspired and living word of God, as well as in every born again believer. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the power and influence of the spirit of God can say, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is my Lord, except by the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. See, it is the Holy Spirit that provides us with those things that we cannot provide for ourselves. So if you find yourself and, and you're trying, oh man, you're trying so hard to worship God. 
You're trying so hard to pray. You're trying so hard to be a good person. I'll let you, I'll, I'll tell you this. Without the Holy Spirit, you're going to fail miserably. You guys need the Holy Spirit alive in your life. You need to be seeking the Holy Spirit. You don't run from the Holy Spirit. You allow the Holy Spirit in. That brings anything but confusion, right? That brings truth. That brings confirmation. Boy, that can also bring conviction. But Holy Spirit conviction is healthy and wonderful. And then, of course, we need, we need those three witnesses um, because traditionally in world cultures, multiple world cultures, there needs to be two or more witnesses to determine if something is true or not. Two or more. And here, here John is saying, oh yeah, check these three out. We got the water, we got the blood, and we got the Holy Spirit. Number four, and this is an important one, there is agreement or consistency in their testimonies. In guys with kids, right? Not, not an accurate story. I'm just throwing this story out. Say there was a bunch of kids around and somehow a window got broke in the neighborhood. I think that happens sometimes. Not, again, I'm not trying to share a specific story, but, but the window gets broken and, and uh, somebody rushes out and they're like, what happened? How did the window get broken? And, and you got five little boys there. Sometimes you get five very different answers, right? It's not consistent, right? They, there's not consistency in their testimony. So it's like, okay, I'm going to get each kid separate. And then we'll grill them. And then we'll figure out, figure out why Jason was playing with a BB gun when he shouldn't have. Just, a, just an example. Probably not, didn't really happen. I could have said Levi. I think that happened too. But, uh, but it happens. But you got to, if, if the testimonies are not consistent, then you don't know what the truth is. But here, within the, the scriptures, within the blood, within the water, within the Holy Spirit, the testimony, the agreement is always consistent. God will never say something about Jesus that the Holy Spirit won't also attest to. The Bible will never talk or speak of Jesus that runs contrary to what the Holy Spirit testifies or what the Father has stated. See, this is a big one because it provides consistency in a world of irregularity, right? What's consistent right now? Politics, that's consistent, right? The weather in Montana, that's consistent, right? No, there's just irregularities everywhere we look, but in one place we can find truth and we can find consistency. Now, now check this out. Now we get to 1 John 5, 9. Look at what this says. If we accept, as we do, the testimony of men, that is, if we are willing to take the sworn statement of fallible humans as evidence, the testimony of God is greater, far more authoritative. For this is the testimony of God, that he has testified regarding his son. This is so good because now, now we bring in the Father as a witness. Everything else is going on. It's like, it's like 
like you're in a courtroom and, and, and the lawyer's calling witnesses, right? And he's like, okay, well, we got the water. And everybody's like, okay, got the water. Oh, now we also got the blood, right? And now we got the blood. It's like, okay, okay. Uh, and now the Holy Spirit comes and it's truth. And the courtroom's going, man, this case is pretty much done. It's done. And then they say, I'd like to call the Father to the stand. And everything is absolutely done. We bring the Father as a witness because the Spirit always includes the witness of the Father. It can't be apart. It can't be separated. The Father's witness is greater or far more authoritative than even the eyewitness accounts of the original apostles. Not because the apostles' testimony was, was not trustworthy. It, it, it says we do, in fact, trust their testimony. It was absolutely trustworthy. But rather, it's because God's word they hold infinitely more weight. God's nature attests to his greater truthfulness. Remember at the baptism of Jesus? It's in Matthew 3, 16 and 17. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he, John, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Father was testifying to who this person of Jesus Christ was. And not only that, flip over to Matthew 17, 5. This is the transfiguration. This is in the presence of James Peter, James, and John, right? They go up on the hill and Jesus is there and then all of a sudden things change. Matthew 17, 5. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is my son. This is, the Father is attesting. The Father is witnessing. The Father is testifying. This person, this person in all his glory, but all his humanity, this is my son. How anybody can argue that is beyond me. Jesus was a good teacher, but I don't know if he was the son of God. Well, then you're not reading the Bible. You're not listening to what the Father has said. You're not listening to what the Holy Spirit testifies as. You are not seeing the, 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 the relevance of the water and the blood. See, the Father's declarations in, in, in these instances here, they carry the ultimate authority. Right? The ultimate authority. Who do you say Jesus is? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Who do they say Jesus is? The general public, the media, who do they say Jesus is? Who cares? Yeah. Who does the Father say Jesus is? 
father says, this is Jesus, my son. Listen to him. I'm well pleased with him. See, the results of all of this, the consequence of your determination within your personal life and faith as to who Jesus is, it's laid out to us right here in, in, within John's no middle ground style that is 100% backed by the rest of Scripture, including and especially in the teachings of Jesus himself and the testimony of God the Father. Let's wrap, let's begin to wrap today's passage teaching let's begin to wrap it up with verses 10 through 12 so this is this is verse first john just is just chapter or just verse 10 the one who believes in the son of god who adheres to trusts in and relies confidently on him as savior has the testimony within himself because he can speak authoritatively about christ from his own personal experience Sounds like a testimony, doesn't it? Yes, sure does. The one who does not believe in God in, his, in this way has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed in the evidence that God has given regarding to his son. Wow, there's a whole lot in there. See, when we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and remember, this is through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we then receive the Father's own testimony and the Father's own witness. It is implanted into our heart and it is this testimony that becomes the possession of our faith. Why do we believe what we believe? Because it's the testimony of the Father being deposited in us. This is my Son planet it's there grab hold we let it in we see jesus in a whole new light in a whole different way our faith begins to grow believing becomes receiving and receiving becomes application we are born of god and made available to the things of god Things like his love, right? We're available to the love of God, which we then extend to others. Things like his forgiveness, we're now available and under his forgiveness that we then extend to others. Things like his faithfulness that we extend back to him. And the faith we have in the Son immediately becomes our faith in the Father also see they testify to each other now on the other hand anyone this talking anyone who chooses not to believe has made god out to be a liar you meet somebody they call themselves a christian but they don't believe in the incarnate person of jesus christ of nazareth in whom the Father testifies, this is my Son. If, if they choose not to believe in that, they have made God out to be a liar, but God is truth, so something's not lining up there. So who are you going to trust? 
We're going to trust the Father. We're going to trust his testimony. And we are going to be very cautious with that person, aren't we? We have to be. Thus you cannot claim to believe in God while denying God's testimony about his son. You can't do it. You can't do it. If Jesus is not the son of God in the flesh, then God is no longer the truth. Rather, he is a phony. We need to be testifying as to who Jesus Christ is and those things that he has done in our life. I was talking to somebody just before service. And he said, oh my gosh, God is giving me testimony weekly. He's giving me a new testimony every single week right now. And I said, the problem is, is far too many Christians are living off a 20 or 30 year old testimony. There's nothing wrong with sharing those older testimonies. But what is God doing in your life now? What did God do in your life this last week? That is us saying, man, God is alive. He is in my life. I am trusting the witness of the Father and believing in who the Son is and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this is my testimony as to what God did in my life this morning. Last night, two days ago, God wants to be active. God is doing things. We need to recognize it, and we need to speak it. Amen? Amen. All right, now look at at verses 11 and 12. And the testimony is this. God has given us eternal life. We already possess it, and this life is in His Son resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with him. He who has the Son, by accepting him as Lord and Savior, has the life that is eternal. He who does not have the Son of God by personal faith does not have the life. To a Christian, to a born-again believer, we read, these these verses and we're excited we're like yeah that's right absolutely i live in the victory because because i know who jesus is and i've made jesus the lord of my life and i walk in that faith and god is god is doing things in my life so for the born again believer this is exciting for the born again believer this is also tragic because he who does not have the son of god by personal faith, does not have life. You don't have life, you have death. You don't have life, you have damnation. You don't have an eternity that starts now with Jesus Christ. There's a void of nothingness. So we read verses like this and we we get excited for us personally, but we should get worried and concerned about many of those that are around us. This kind of brings it all together, doesn't it? You have life. As a born-again believer, you have life. Now, right now you have life, and eternally you have life in and through the Son. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. You don't have life now. And you don't have life eternally apart from the Son. 
Boy, a lot of people claim to be alive and we counterfeit that with all sorts of things within our lives. We try to become, we try to feel alive by doing all sorts of things. Maybe it's adrenaline junkies, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's lust, maybe it's, maybe it's gambling, maybe it's shopping, maybe it's making money, maybe it's seeking power. We have a, something within us that desires for us to be alive. But apart from Christ, it's all for naught. True life comes only through the Son. So only through the Son can you have true life. So if you don't have the Son, you are living in death. See, everything pivots upon the testimony from the Father, from the Spirit, from the water, and from the blood. This is... It's not only a doctrinal system, right? This is not this is not the fancy. What is the the Bible doctrine talking about here? It's not it's not just that. This is this is not only a theological belief that that we in this church subscribe to. It is not only the fact that it is the ultimate foundation of our faith, because ultimately it's about a person. It's about a person. It's about the person of Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. We can never get away from the person. We can study the Bible and get real intellectual about the Bible. We can memorize Scripture all day long. We can, we can understand doctrine. We can understand theology. But if that is separate from the person of Jesus Christ, we're missing it. Because only in the person of Jesus Christ comes salvation, redemption, relationship, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? So we can, never, we can never get away from that. Truth. Truth is amazing. We have to live in truth. But we also have to understand that the truth always testifies about the person. And that person He's Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. He is alive. He is alive in us. His love is to abide in us. We are to be complete in Him. To live for Him. To live under His victory. Now, like I'm talking like right now, as well as for eternity. And if you're not living in his love. If you're not abiding in his love. If you're not walking in victory right now. Man, you got to get with God. Amen. You got to get with Jesus. We got to understand the witness, the testimony of the Father pertaining to the Son. You got to get in deep relationship with the Son as directed and opened up by the Scripture. Man can find Nothing except death and despair apart from the person of Jesus. You cannot get to the Father by anyone other than Jesus. The all roads don't lead to heaven, right? All religions aren't going to intersect sometime in this heavenly realm. The coexist movement is bad theology. It's false theology. 
Because it doesn't, it doesn't address the person of Jesus and the witness of the Father as to who that person is. What a narrow-minded mindset, right? Jesus is the only way. That's what the truth attests to. And no, everyone will not eventually wind up in heaven despite Jesus, despite the truth of the word. Again, that's bad doctrine. That's false teachings. And these are the false teachings of today. And at their core level, they are stating that the Father's that, that the Father deviates from the truth that he is actually bound by. Right? So denying the Son, you deny all truth of the Father. Open up your brain to that in different religious systems. Goodness gracious, how does that look? We're not setting ourselves in an arrogant way, being apart and different from all these other religious systems. Because the compassion of Jesus is within our heart. The compassion of Jesus within our heart causes us to speak truth and to speak love. You can't speak true love and deny the truth of who this person of Jesus is and the testimony of the Father. And it all starts personally. It all starts with each one of us. So this now points us back to Matthew 16, verses 13 through 15. Now, when Jesus went into the reason of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or just one of the prophets. And he, the person of Jesus, the attested to Son of the Father, said to them, But who do you say that I am? It's a still relevant question for us today. Worship team, if you guys want to want to come up here. See, there's an enormity, there's a hugeness to this question. And it's only matched by its eternal implications. Who do you say and believe Jesus to be? Your middle ground. I would, I would suggest you do not leave this sanctuary until you come to a realization in your life. I mean, you might say, you know what? I, I, I don't know who Jesus is to me. He's just a guy, just a prophet. He's just like they said, he's, he's a prophet. Well, then resolve yourself in that. Go chase that. Draw the line. Don't, don't, don't keep existing in the gray area. I, I don't suggest that in any way to do that. But if you can't accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God, then don't ride the fence anymore. Plant yourself over there and just see how that, that goes. Just see, see what that looks like. But on the flip side of that, if in here today, if in here today you will, you will confidently say right now at the end of this service, even while the worship team is playing, you're standing there going, ah, I love this song. I'm into this song. Jesus, you are the Son of God. 
Jesus, you are the Lord. Well, then don't leave this building and act some way that's totally contrary to what you just stated. It's time. It's time to draw that line. That's right. You're either for God or you're against God. You either believe that Jesus is the Son of God or you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You either have a desire for life now and eternally or you don't have that desire. Hard preaching, right? This is hard stuff. This is the hammers out right now, right? But I don't want to be a pastor that stands up here and strings you along with a carrot on a stick and doesn't proclaim the truth of what the scripture actually says. John is throwing out some deep, some deep, deep theology here, all the while pulling us back to the importance of the person of Jesus and the importance of our personal relationship with Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Redeemer, as our Victor, as as the one who brings us in, as the bride to the bridegroom, as his church. Jesus, he's calling us in. He's calling us in. The, the days aren't getting longer. The days are getting shorter. And Jesus wants us to see that there is a line in the sand and make that decision. I encourage you this morning to make that decision. I encourage you this morning to affirm that decision. Bring, bring, bring the lights down, please. So as we head into this last song, I invite you, I invite you to, to come into that relationship, however that needs to look for you. Maybe, maybe you've never left that relationship. Well, then affirm that relationship this morning. Maybe you've been apart from that relationship. Well, then come back. Come back to the person of Jesus because he's waiting here for you. And maybe you've never truly just laid it all out before Jesus. No time like this morning to do just that. Don't let fear or envy or pride. Don't let arrogance, don't let any of those things get in the way between you and the person of Jesus. Father, Lord, you testify to who Jesus is. You testify to who your son is. Lord, there is, there is power in that testimony. There is value for us in that testimony. Apart from, from our intellect, Lord, we have trust within you. So Father, I, I trust you. I trust in the words that you speak. Holy Spirit, I trust in you. I trust in the truth that you speak. And Jesus Christ, I proclaim that you are the son of the living God, the one who came and walked upon this earth, the one who hung upon the cross, the one who resurrected three days later, and the one who ascended back to the Father and then sent the Holy Spirit for each one of us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you with, within our hearts, within our lives. Guide us to a greater revelation, a deeper relationship with Jesus, the true Son of God. 
So, Lord God, as you're opening hearts today, help us to understand that this is black and white. There truly is no middle ground. I either choose to serve you or I don't. And, Lord God, as much as as much as much I want my, my brain to choose to serve you and my heart to choose to serve you, I understand that, that, that the witness, the testimony of that service comes through my actions as a follower of Christ. So, Lord God, both in word and deed, Allow me to be a disciple, a follower of Christ, a born-again believer. Jesus, we pray this in your holy name. And everyone said, amen. The altar is open. The, the, holy, the holy Spirit is here just, just handing it out. And he is here just, just handing it out to you. But with anything, he extends it. And we have to make the choice and open up our hands to receive it. Receive what the Holy Spirit has for you. Maybe, maybe you're sitting in this service today and, and you're listening to everything that's being said and, and you're thinking, man, that, that pastor, he's a hardliner, man. He's a hardliner. You're right. I am a hardliner because I know what the Bible attests to. The Bible draws a hard line. It's a hard line. It's so hard, there's not room for a gray area. The gray area is where Christians go to get stuck. And being stuck is not victorious. Determine in yourself who Jesus is. Attest to the person of Jesus on a daily basis. Now, I'm not going to say your life's going to get perfect. But what I'm going to say is you're going to begin to start to walk and to live in that victory. And maybe you've experienced it before. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe you've never experienced it. God, God desires us to be walking in that victory on a daily basis basis. Amen? Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed. Like I said, like I prayed, don't leave here the same way that you came in. Allow the Holy Spirit to touch you and to affect you. you guys are dismissed. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.